Hey guys, this is Coach Keita Bussey, Mike Seifert, and Grant Chancellor Madison with the 180 Firearms Training Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about how after a match to unfunk yourself. Mike, you want to talk about our sponsor a little bit? Yeah, no. So uh, if you guys are in the market for a PCC, uh, our new sponsor, DaVinci Machining, um, it's the most reliable PCC on the market, the DG9. Check them out. Uh, and uh, yeah, give them a call. Thank you. All right. So unfunk yourself. After you set your expectations for a match, how you want to perform, and maybe those expectations don't get met. It's easy to spiral downward into a funk because shooters typically are really, really good at holding themselves accountable almost too much. And it can be pretty upsetting, depressing. You're just embarrassed, disappointed. So how do you deal with that? How do you move forward? So well, I would first like, thing I, you do I'd is- I'd like to start on that. I mean, um, yeah. how do you move forward? I mean, look, look, you, you hold yourself accountable. Uh, you, you should have expectations going into the match, but I mean, it doesn't always work out the way you want. I mean, sometimes I feel like when I first started, you kind of live and die by your last match. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to get to the point where a match is just a match and it doesn't mean necessarily that your shooting game is terrible if you had a bad day or a bad couple of days in my case. Um, uh, so it's something, it, it's more or less what your expectations are going in. And then, you know, I feel like you don't win as much as you lose. So if you, if you, you get used to it, you know, I don't, in a way, like, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm not super depressed about things when they go wrong. I mean, maybe right after a match, right after the match is over, I might be a little bit depressed about if I look at the scores or something like that. And I see that I didn't do as well as I wanted to, but I always just tell myself that I've done well at other matches before. And I know that, you know, sometimes you just have an off day. So I, you know, you kind of, you kind of just got to tell yourself that it is what it is and, and don't, don't, you know, if you know you're a better shooter than what you performed at the match. I mean, I feel like a lot of it is an ego thing too, where you might, uh, you, you know, you might think people think differently of you, but if you, you got to be confident in your own game and, and say that it doesn't really matter what other people think. And, um, you know, you just kind of, I think a big part of that on. too is the self doubt, the questioning of your own abilities that happens after a lack of success in your eyes. So when you start questioning your abilities, the best thing you can do is look back to where you started. Look at how far you've come. Look at what you've been able to do consistently rather than just a bad match here and there. How, have, how far have you come in the last year? Right, right. And that's, that's where if you take match videos, you can really see that, you know, like you see your progression. I, I actually was, was, before we started this podcast, I was watching my YouTube of the first videos I posted from Area a couple of years ago. And I'm, I'm much better now than I was then. And you know, you just, you gotta, you gotta kind of stay positive because you get too down on yourself and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be hard for you to, to kind of break out of that after a bad match. Whereas you want to kind of turn your bad match into a, a, well, what can I do better and what can I work on and make it a positive versus just being depressed about it. So I, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Grant? Well, it's always this learning thing, I guess. Um, yeah. You need to, you do need to find all the positives, even I mean, how minor they may be. Um, you know, just gotta just gotta keep your chin up. Don't don't on the way home from the match. Don't think I'm gonna drive this head first into this truck because it was such a bad match. Don't do that. Um, you know, basically, I need to just echo what you guys said. Well, like, the, so does your does, great? Does your does your after your match have to do with anything with how you set your expectations before the match? Like if you like, you know, if you tell yourself you're going to win it and then you don't win it, are you depressed or do you try to set realistic expectations for yourself or like what is, oh, of like, course, I'm, uh, you want to win every match, don't you? 
Like if you, we're all competitors. If you don't have to win, why are you there? <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, so but if like, you don't, if you don't meet your expectations, I mean, like the expectation is to win. So if you don't get there, then okay, how do I, how do I get there? Right. Well, I mean, would you? So if you just started shooting, um, let's say you just started shooting carry optics or something like that, and you went to carry optics nationals, would you expect to win carry optics nationals, or would you? Would you try to set that yes. bar a little bit lower for yourself? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, like, yeah, okay. see, like this year for me, my, my goal, my goal with PCC uh, Nationals was to make a top ten, and now I, I definitely did not achieve that. Um, but I, I wasn't telling myself I was going to shoot for first necessarily. I was just because to me, a top ten was going to be progress from last year, and so like I just, I'm always looking to get better and 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 to you know see if I can get higher and higher every year. But um, obviously I did not make it, but I, I didn't tell myself I was going in there to win because to me, I would, that would put too much pressure on myself. Um, well, Mike, you have to keep also- in mind too, that the pool of shooters in America is a little bit different than in South Africa. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, you know, Max and Josh and all these guys, like I wasn't, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm at their level quite yet. Um, one day I would hope to be, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, my, my goal is always to get as close to those guys as I can without, uh, making a fool of myself i guess <laughs> but you're a pcc grandmaster as well correct? yeah 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 so you, you you can't do the whole let's let's win master class or something okay time out though so like this this is a problem <laughs> this, this is a this is a problem i have with people like <laughs> just, just because the letters next to your name might say gm or might say a or m or i don't really think that matters because there's a lot of people that get classified based on on, on classifiers not necessarily match bumps and sometimes people get really nervous when it comes to classifiers and an A-class PCC shooter doesn't necessarily mean he can't shoot a match. Um, you know, I, I, I give everybody, I don't care what the letters next to your name are. I give everybody the same respect and the same, you know, I, I, anybody can have a great day. No, anybody, no I'm just saying in terms of life. winning some other class or some other division, you can't, you can't do that. No, so no, you, no. <laughs> the, way I, the way I see it is, is um, the way I understand it is, as a GM PCC shooter, if you shot a handgun, it would be you'd be GM immediately, wouldn't it? I'd be I'd be a master. So you drop one level. Master. So okay. if I wanted to shoot limited at nationals and limited nationals, I'd be a master limited shooter, which I don't necessarily understand. Yeah, so that, 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 happened, <laughs> that happened that happened in IPSC here. So I never shot a production match, and I'm immediately A class because I'm A class in standard. So I couldn't I couldn't win C class either. So <laughs> right. Couldn't, right. couldn't even get that easy gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> the C class would. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I, so when I made GM, it was funny because I I was striving to make GM with PCC since I started. And as soon as I did, the match director that I did it at the match is like, well, have fun competing against the pros. And it was like, you know, I never really thought about it that way up until you just said that. Like now when you get to that level, like the only way that you're gonna get a trophy or win is if you beat the best in the country or the you know, the best at the yeah, match. The yeah, and shouldn't so, that be the goal anyway? It should be the goal, and I agree it with is that. The goal. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's for something that you know I, I do see some people, and not necessarily in PCC only, but I do see some people like personally I've seen. I'm not going to drop any names, but I have seen people purposely throw classifiers in order to stay in their class before a big match because they don't want to move up. And I'm like, well, to me, wouldn't you want to be the worst GM rather than the best M? Like, I, like I, to me, that's I don't know. Like you're just moving yourself up, and even though if you don't feel like you can compete with the next level, like I, you know, if you make it, I feel like that you should be kind of proud of that accomplishment, but. You know, I don't like, what do you think, Grant? I mean, would you sandbag any classifiers to stay in a lower class? No, I'm, I'm too competitive to do that. I like, I'm going to shoot the match as competitively as possible. I'm not going to, I get out a calculator how to win the, the, the stage, not a calculator on how to throw it just enough so I can stay behind. All right. Speaking so, of calculating stages to stay ahead, is, do you do what? Do you look at your scores during the match? Okay. So I, didn't i didn't look at my scores and then when i arrived there on day three so we we recently shot uh 
the Africa Area Championships, which is an IPSC level four match. So to put it in perspective, the Nationals is level three, the World Shoot is level five. So it's 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 up there. It's one of the biggest matches on the African continent. So I recently changed to production two weeks before the match, which everyone said that was madness and was stupid and shouldn't have done it. But, you know, it's fine, whatever. Um, so to basically not throw myself, I needed to shoot consistently because it was a new gun. And if I had looked at scores, I would have tried to rush up to the guys who posted, um, posted the top times. And I probably would have, with a new gun, thrown mics, thrown no shoots, and it wouldn't have looked pretty. So, so no, I, I didn't. I didn't look at scores. And then on the third day, I rock up there. And I was like, oh, I, someone comes up to me. He's like, oh, I see you're top. Like, no, 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 <laughs> no. Just back off. I don't want to listen to scores. Um, but I think going forward with the level of production shooters, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I need you to see to, where. Yeah where they are because so the way it worked is you had three areas a b and c and because of the squad i was in i shot b c a and the, the super squad shot a b c so they they, they shot my this their day three area c was my day two and they really pushed on that day and i didn't see them them pushing or anything so i was pretty good on the first day and then i could have if i'd seen that i could have pushed to make up for that um but I didn't look at the scores, so I didn't. So, so yeah, do you that, do you regret that. that? Do you regret that, or are you happy that you just focused no, on your shooting? No, I, I don't regret how I shot that match because the only way I was going to do well was to shoot a consistent match, stay behind there, um, and then if one of them had a big issue or zero to stage, then I'd be able to to climb up and take the match. Um, I did want I did go into the match saying, okay, I want top five with all things considered, and I get I did get fifth, but then that Perfect. means that I just no, I came last in my own expectations. And I'm no, see, either. I think I think you're 100 percent wrong there. I think you're 100. I think if you said that you wanted to get a top five and you got a five, you should be you should be happy with that performance, right? You didn't say that you wanted first place and you got fifth. You said you wanted fifth place at least and you got fifth place. I would say yeah, that you I'm met sure. you met your expectations for shooting a new gun two weeks before the match. I'd say that you did pretty good. You know, if I was you, I'd be pretty happy with that. I'd gladly trade yeah. places with you on my fifth and or my 39th and your fifth if you would like. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. So Kita, so what do you, what do you think about that? So, so do you think that, do you think that looking at scores is something that's helpful um, during, during a match? I think it, I think it depends on the person. Some people just need to shoot how they shoot. If you're at, if you're one of the top guys, you're in it to win it. You're probably going to have to look at scores just to do a sort of risk assessment, decide how you're going to continue through the match and attack it. Are you going to take more risks? because you're lagging behind or are you going to be more conservative because you're way ahead? I think it is important to keep track of the scores. However, in Grant's situation, just switching platforms, not having access to the gun to train with, I think it was really mitigating risk by just shooting consistently and not looking at scores. That makes sense to me. And what do you think about live scoring now? So I feel like live scoring is a relatively new thing here in the States, right? So like, does that people, I guess, like if you were going to look at scores previously to live scoring, it would be like, you'd have to look at what, who, what somebody did from the day before after they posted for the match. But now with the advent of live scoring, you know, you can literally see stage by stage what people are doing. And like, I feel like that's, you know, right. I feel like that's great. I love looking at scores. Uh, Cause I feel like it, it, you know, if you can do the, the math and do the calculations, you can kind of see like if, if you need to push it or if you need to kind of settle out or 
Um, like in Virginia State, I had known going into my last stage that I could have had three mics and a, and a no shoot, and I still would have taken second. So like there was no pressure going into that, but there was also no way I was going to take first. But um, so like looking at looking at scores could be a good thing. Um, and I know, but I do know a lot of people that say I don't look at scores because it gets them really nervous. And for me, yeah, like, it, look, look, it's like, individualized. Yeah. But like yeah. looking at scores, like I, you know, I have you like shooting PCC, especially and, and not necessarily anymore because people have figured it out, but people used to miss your times a lot, or they would turn the sensitivity up on the timers a lot and they would catch shots from the other bay. So part of the reason I look at scores is just to see generally what all, like, I know I'm one of the faster people. So I generally look at all of the top times and say, okay, everyone's running around 14, 15 seconds, you know? So that way at the end of it, if the guy says, oh, you know, 22, seven, one, like, whoa, 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 like something's not right here. So I feel like looking at scores, you can kind of save yourself from situations. And if you're not, I, I just, I find it interesting that people get nervous looking at other people's scores. Like, oh my God, now I'm, I'm first, I'm almost first. I got to like, keep it going. Like just, you get to shoot your match and maybe that comes with some experience or something, but. Yeah. It's compartmentalization. It's very difficult to do. So you have another thing that's difficult is if you know, you really have to push, how much do you push by? And that takes a lot of experience to figure out, or how much do I dial it back by without it being too much? That's where you got to ride the line. You know, you got to flirt with that <laughs> right. line of being too heavy and, and not enough. So yeah, that's interesting. So when you're done with your match, the first thing you're going to do is look at the scores. So what are you guys looking for in analyzing your match performance when you look at scores? Did I win? <laughs> <laughs> first, did I win? Second, what place did I actually get? Yes, that's exactly it. So I based so what my my um, what I would usually do is when I fired the last round on the last <clears> stage and upload my scores, then I'd actually take the phone out with practice score or whatever it was, and then actually look at the scores and see, okay, well, where am I, where am I sitting? Because on on uh, towards the end of day three, it's like I really want to look at scores and I really want to know what's happening. So. That's basically what I do. And then, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, okay, well, where's, who's the top, who's the top guys, who's there and where am I going to place? And judging by this last stage or the last couple of stages, what is that going to look like? So that's basically what my routine was um, up until, up until this point. I'm assuming, Mike, you look at the scores after every stage, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I do. But at the end of the match, I'm looking at, I'm looking at scores to see like, what was my raw times compared to the top guys? I want to see if I'm moving around the stage because usually it has something to do with your stage planning. So if your time is completely different from them, they probably ran a different plan than you. So if your times are pretty similar, then I feel like my, my planning was good. Um, so I can take that. Then obviously you're looking at hits. Um, you want to, you, you know, for me, I have a lot of alphas and I have, I have a lot of Charlies, I should say, and then uh, too many mm. deltas, but I'd like to get my alpha count up a little bit, but then, you know, comparing times and then comparing like what the hits were on certain stages, um, you, you know, I know how it personally felt to me, um, when I, when I shot the stage, but like, I just, just to see what everybody else was doing and, and like, you know, especially this year at PCC nationals, it, I had, I had a lot of mics. I had like one mic per stage almost. Um, and it's amazing what that did to my hit factors to drop that down. Um, so much that I wasn't even in the top 10, but I mean, if there was a stage that I had that was with no mics, I mean, I was right up there. So it, you know, I, I kind of you analyze stuff like that to say, like, I, I think I need to back it off a little bit. And then, again, I have a hard time telling myself I need to slow down, but like no, something that I need to do. You don't do need to back to... off the speed. You just need to see more, see, see sooner. See it sooner. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. And a lot of that I think has to do with my, my PCC positioning, which I may have fixed. I, I watched a YouTube video on that, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at scores just to analyze like what I'm doing and compare myself to everybody else. And just seeing like, you know, generally what they're doing, what, what my, my percent of points are at the end of the day, you know, 
and I'm finding that this year, my, my points have been kind of down. I mean, I'm in the eighties a lot this year and, and a lot of the guys that are winning are in the nineties and I would, you know, maybe I would like to, to see if I can figure out how to get some more alphas, but um, I'm never, I'm never, I'm never looking at scores to be like, Oh my God, I can't believe this guy beat me, you know, or anything like that. I just, you know, I want to just see how everybody else is doing it and what I can do to potentially get to what they did or, or, you know, make a game plan essentially to figure out what I need to do for the next match in order like coming into it, you know? So like if this match, this happened and I didn't like the way that was <coughs> done on my score, like what can I do on the next one? You know? So. Yeah, so I think what I did also a couple of days, sorry, sorry. There was a couple of days. So I wasn't in the super squad in, in production. So I kind of just had to, I waited for everyone who was in the super squad to <coughs> post videos of their stage runs. Now, obviously no one posts the full 24 stage match, but they posted enough. I sat down, I watched their videos, compared them to mine, and I went through the matchbook and compared um, the stage design, the stage layouts, and um, the scores to basically see kind of where I went wrong, where my stage planning was the problem, and where my actual shooting was the problem, why my shooting was um, too slow. Or I, I ended up um, basically being way too accurate you know, new gun, I was over-confirming sites quite a lot. And I had stages where I'd won Charlie. But because I over-confirmed my sites so much on that stage, I was four seconds behind them. And they threw Charlies and Deltas. And obviously, points divided by time, hit factor. They took me by like a couple percent on the on stages like that. So my plan forward is to basically fall off the wagon on the other end, find out where that line is. Get a little and wild, go fly. a little crazy fast. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to go full mic on some of the stages. There you so. go. <laughs> it's fun. I, I just, promise you it's fun. <laughs> no, everyone's going to look at like, okay, well, clearly this is not working for Grant because he's got like five mics on the stage. It's like, no, I want to completely find out where the failure point is and then be able to dial it back from there because I have five weeks until the next, the nationals here. And I need, I want to do well on that. Yeah. Hey, so something so, you said interesting in the beginning that you said you see some people post videos online. Do you ever post videos online of like if you're shooting on like a Saturday and then somebody other people have to come in on a Sunday? Do you post your match? No, because they can figure out their own stage. Right. I agree. And I, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate all the people that do that. You know, like, like yeah, it is. It is nice to see Especially that. Especially with activator sequences. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I would not be doing that as a competitor. I would not post my videos until the match was over. But I yeah, posted one of the videos, the one of the, um, it was a one shot per target video where you couldn't actually do anything. Um, I posted that one during the match because I had a whole lot of fun on that. So that was, that was kind of the thing. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm there, you know, guys, come, Personal come, challenge. come chase me. <laughs> yeah. like, come chase me, Super Squad, because they were shooting that on the, <laughs> on the last day. But other than that, no, you, you figure out your own stage plan once you, you can watch my video later and, oh, that's how I did this. I agree with that. All right, so when you're analyzing scores after the match to see how you did, um, typically a good rule of thumb is you want to shoot 90 to 95% of available points. Now that doesn't mean 90 to 95% alphas. It's available points. So if it's, a hundred point stage. So 10 paper targets, you shoot 15 alphas. That means you can have five Charlies and you're still hitting your 90%. So you're talking, you're talking about, I thought, so you're not talking about percentage as far as like what the top guy did and you want to be within 10% of that you're talking about. No. So of available points of available. So there points. are a hundred, well, let's say in nationals, there are 2000 points available. 
you want to be shooting. If you win every stage, that's what Pete, that's what Pete is referring to. You'd want to be shooting 90 to 95% of the available points. So if there are 2000 available points, let's see if that would be 1800 points to be at 90% of available of points. That's a lot of alphas. And like Grant was saying before, like, I feel like if you're going to hit all the alphas slow, then it, it doesn't do anything for you at the end of the day, because it is points divided by time. And a lot, sometimes that's where I go back to like sort of match strategy, I, like under 12 seconds to me, every, you know, every second under 12 uh, on a 12 second stage is 8%, just, you know, for your overall score. So I, I agree with you on the bigger stages, but sometimes I feel like I, I could almost take all Charlie's and do it half as fast or I mean, do it. Half, you know, half this is half over the, the, the course of the entire match. Yeah. So this yeah. is an, it, it, you know, when you start to, you know, it, it's also a good strategy got to go into because when you start throwing too many, Charlie's too many deltas, then you know that ninety-five percent does not become attainable at all, and then you start dipping lower behind the guys who are shooting that and are shooting it quickly. And also, if you're going if you're going for alphas and you're going for them quickly, you're probably going to throw a Charlie or two on the on the road towards that. But it it starts making that close Charlie just that alpha that you needed type of thing. So you need to it, it's a, you need to go for that goal. Well, if you're not dropping any points at all, if, if you're shooting 100% alphas, you're going to be too slow, obviously. Yeah. So you have to allow yourself, accept that you don't have to hit all alphas to win. As long as you, you want to be looking at points per second. And what I'm talking about is over the course of an entire match. I'm not talking about just one stage. And every match is going to have a little bit of a different mix. So it might be more points heavy. It might be more speed heavy. But the average points per second over an entire match, if you win it, is about eight and a half points per second. Yeah. And what do you mean by when you mean points per second for the viewers? What is that? What are we talking about? That's your hit factor. Hit factor. <laughs> yeah. So the entire point of what we get scored on, hit factor, points divided by time. Right. So that's, yeah. And I, I don't know, like, again, I, I feel like if you see to me, when you say that though, now your match strategy is coming in there for all alphas or you're trying to hit a lot of alphas or 90% of them at least. And I feel like that could potentially slow you down. That's why I take it on a stage for stage basis. That's what we were talking about in the last, me and you were kind of debating back and forth grant in the last podcast where you say you like to be consistent throughout. And I kind of like to change up my gears a little bit and say like, I'm going to get my hits here again. We'll go for my speed. Um, so I'm I, not I feel talking like about, I'm not talking about while you're shooting the match. I'm talking about analyzing your performance after the match. Oh, well, once I'm done shooting, I'm done shooting. My, my points are what they are. So I know you say I should shoot for all that. I, and I always try to hit all of us as fast as it, I possibly it can. It tells but. you where you're at with your consistency. <laughs> so yeah. if you know if, let's say you got fifth place and weren't happy, you weren't very happy with that, and you shot 95% of the available points, then maybe you could have pushed the speed a little bit more and allowed yourself that extra 5% or so. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, like you shoot limited though, Keto, right? So you shoot major. So I feel like, it, I have. yeah, I mean, like if I, if I could have PCC major, I feel like, you know, I'd be hit 90% all, all the time. I mean, alpha Charlie's 90. That's great. So, but alpha Charlie for a minor gun is uh, 80, 80 points or eight points. So it's like, you know, I, it's definitely different between minor and major. But everyone's shooting minor though. Well, yeah, PCC and CO. So everyone's in the everyone's in the same boat. It's not like the like like standard or limited where you know if you're shooting minor against major guys, then yes, you're probably a little bit behind the curve. 
Yeah. So maybe that's another area that you can analyze Keita. Like you don't necessarily want to compare yourself to a different, you know, the different power factor. Like if you're shooting minor, you don't really want to compare yourself to the uh, major guys well, or anything like that. Or... That's why I went production. Is if I'm going to shoot mine, I'm going to shoot in the minor division. I'm not going to try and <laughs> race against guys shooting major. Right. So you're, you're trying to focus on your own match. You know, so a big thing about analyzing the scores after the match is looking for what is happening consistently, which is why I said you're looking at it over the course of the entire match, not necessarily just one stage. But what did you do consistently? Did you do something consistently missed. really I missed, well? I missed consistently. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, I gotta get the I gotta get the mic off of my shirt. I got mic on the front of my shirt. I feel like that's just bad juju for me. Yeah. You're not looking for some fluky thing like you bombed one stage because some weird thing happened. Maybe your sights fell off your gun or whatever. Or you also don't want to be looking at that one stage that you did really awesome, but your performance was so different from all the other stages. You want to be looking at what you did consistently, right. good or bad. Now, that's a good question I have for you. Like, what? Well, so... What, what should you, you want to look at? So you're looking at the majority. So I feel like a lot of people focus on like, you know, the, the two stages that they did that were well, and then they don't really look at the 10 that were bad. And maybe that's like, maybe that's kind of why they're staying where they are. And maybe if you just don't, you know, if the ones you do well, I mean, you, you should go there expecting to do well. Right. So if you do well on a stage, you shouldn't really get too high on it. You should, I feel like you should be more hard on yourself on the bad ones. Is that what you're trying to say? Like be. It needs to be a, basically you take, you're looking at outliers, right? Take those outliers throw them out and look at the median. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my match and how consistently I shot it. I mean, uh, looking at the scores, it was, uh, you know, lose 10 points to the winner on this stage, next stage, gain 10 points, lose five, gain 10, lose five, lose 10. Okay. And then it was, it was on the, on the day three when they pushed and I lost, I had stages where, the outlier kind of was on the one stage where I shot where I kind of threw a um, mic no shoot. So that, that's fine. But the majority of my points is it was 110 points lost on day three when they pushed and I'd already shot that day and I obviously didn't. So that was that was basically where, where the match got lost. Um, so that's kind of what I was analyzing in that. Other than that, I basically stayed within. I mean, I, I didn't win a single stage. I'm also kind of bummed about that. Um, I wanted, I wanted a stage win medal. Um, <laughs> oh, you don't have to, you see, that's the thing though, to win the match. You don't have to win every stage. You just have to be really good at every stage. Yes. Right. But also being fifth on every stage didn't help either. Um, see, so if, I, see, if I was fifth on every stage, there's a balance there ass, somewhere. I'd, I'd probably be in first, you know? So if I, it, I guess, I, again, that goes back to what Keita said about South Africa and, and the America. Um, but like, I mean, if I took fifth at PCC Nats on every stage, I feel like I would have been way up there. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on the length of the match. You know, if you have 24 stages, you can't, I don't know. Consistency matters more, I guess. But if there's a 12 stage match, maybe, maybe trying to take some more home runs. Like, what do you think about that, Keto? Like, you know, cause like nationals was 18 stages this year for me. Um, next year, they're thinking about it being 24 um, versus like you go to a regular level two and it's, it's 12 or 11 or 10. So like, what, what would, you know, what would well, be the, your. The three day match here, yeah, most guys had like mediocre two days. And then on the third day, everyone kind of, put it into like fifth gear and really went for it everyone everyone who won um so everyone pushed on the last day so i think maybe there's something to do about that maybe there's and do you think I that, do you think the, they looked at their scores and that's when they decided they needed to push or do you think that they just said i'm maybe, gonna push because it's the last day and let's let's just go for I broke think, here i think 
the guys who looked at their scores started pushing and to keep up the guys who didn't look at their scores also kept pushing. So I think that's kind of what happened. And obviously they're all in the same squad. So they all kind of know what each one's doing. Um, but uh, the, one of the guys who won production optics, uh, Dylan, he's second keeper's class. He also looked at the scores and on day three decided, okay, well, I need to push. And he did. And he took the match quite handsomely. So I think there's, there's something to push in on day three, but I'm not, this is like, we don't have a lot of three-day matches here. Um, this is the first one in quite a while, actually. So maybe there's something to it. Well, I don't know, Kita, what do you think? Yeah, Kita, I got a question for you on that, too. So, like, you know, it's his third day and he started pushing. So, like, if I if I come out as a three-day match and I come out my third day and I'm pushing and I'm, I'm shooting really well, like, should I be should I be down on myself that I didn't do that for the first two days? Or, like, like what should, you know? like It's a I marathon. Think? It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So the goal going in is consistency. You're not trying to go hero to zero. You're just trying to finish as clean as you can. But what so about the first two days? Day, what, what if you get to that third day and you're crushing it and you're going fast? And now the first two days, you're like, I wish I did that the first two. So you, you would say no. You would say you just come out, be consistent. And then and then if you have to push on the last day, push on the last day. Or if you have to push towards the end of a match, push towards the end of a match. But at first, just kind of. Well, you need to know from your practice how much you can get away with pushing before the wheels fall off, Right. You need to know where your lines are for yourself. And that's really individualized. You need to know that before you go to a match. And how do you find that under pressure? Mm. So yes, you can push a little bit. It's going to depend if you're, if you've got the first stage jitters, because oh, it's a three-day match. Go on, you on. Do you guys not have first stage jitters? Off. Do you not get first stage jitters, Kita? Do you not oh, get first stage jitters? Gets, I get them every time. First I'm always a little does. nervous, you know, but I mean, as soon as that gun goes off, that's why, again, I wish we had like the IDPA build drill for our first stage because you could just get those first couple shots out of the way and everybody will be a little bit looser. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always get those, those. Well, you'll those also things. recognize scenarios where you know you can push. You'll see something and say, oh, I'm really good at this. I know I can push on this. Or you'll see yeah. something where maybe it's a new challenge you've never done before. Oh, I better dial it back a little bit. Or maybe you're going from a speed, you know, two stages on one bay. Maybe you're going from a speed course to a points po course and you're all amped up from the speed course, jumping directly into a points heavy course. And now you've got to dial it back a little bit and focus more on getting your hits. So it's kind of up and down the whole time, but it's based on your experience. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But then, like, you know, after a match, like, how long does it take you to get over something, Grant? You know, if something bad doesn't or doesn't go your way? Um, I don't know how much whiskey is there. <laughs> 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 no, um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with, with the way I shot the new gun. And it, it's nice when, uh, when my main sponsor was pretty happy with me, you know, to, because the timeline was on a bar from firing like 200 rounds at a static range. Wednesday, basically looked at the gun. Thursday, I shot the indoor match, was like 40 rounds. Saturday, I shot a level two league shoot, so 140 rounds. Tuesday, I got to collect the gun. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, dry fire. Wednesday, Thursday, I was um, shooting it um, on the range. And then Friday, I went and shot a major match with it. So the timeline was pretty compressed there. So I'm really happy with how I performed with the gun, considering that. Um, yeah, but I, feel still, like, I feel like you did really well for getting a new gun and barely shooting it. I mean, I, I'd be yeah. pumped if I was you, especially especially since you switched divisions. It was a totally different gun. It wasn't yeah, it was like, completely from a 40 cal striker fired Glock 35 to a DASA shooting minor Beretta. It was it was quite a fundamental shift. 
I saw your gun. Um, that that Beretta, that Beretta definitely looks nice. That's a nice looking gun you got there, man. It, it look, you know, metal guns just look good on photos. So um, I mean, there's, <laughs> only, there's only one metal there, but the gun kind of steals the show. So at least no one notices. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with, uh, especially on the last two stages. Um, so everyone was coming up to me talking about how high I was in the match, even though I tried to uh, tried to distance myself from that. The jitters on the last two stages like you can't see it on the video but like physically and internally i'm shaking and i'm really happy with how i was able to perform uh, under that kind of pressure that i put myself under and the last stage was actually really really good i got close to winning it i didn't but i got close so i'm happy with that i'm i'm happy with that so i'm, I'm getting over it um and talking <clears throat> with other shooters and talking with uh, my sponsors and that has has helped and they're like giving me kudos and yeah. let's go to the next one I could say the same thing about about DaVinci and, and the fact that they sponsored me. They've been super supportive. Uh, when we went to Aruba, I was I was extremely disappointed in myself that I feel like I let them down. And uh, even when we went to nationals, I feel like I let them down. And, you know, Dave, Dave is a he's a great guy. And he's, he, he really is keeping my head up and keeping me focused and getting ready for next year and and uh, just trying to keep me positive and moving on. So, yeah, you know, yeah, as long as the sponsors are happy with. Right. with with me and where I am, that's that's fine. As long as I don't get out. Oh, but why didn't you win? then that's not so yeah well so i don't know what do you what do you find with your sponsorship are they more about winning or are, you, are they more about representing you representing the sport and the company and yourself in a in a good manner uh, to me to well me, that's what representing the brand representing beretta and the, the capabilities of the gun is probably more important at the moment um the capability of the gun so if you're representing the capability of the gun they want you to win then but you know look i mean at the end of the day you took a fifth place grant and you were going there for fifth so i'd say that you you're I think that you should be pumped about that. I think you did a great job. I agree. Let's let's talk about the five things you can do to unfunk yourself. That's what this episode is about. So one thing I've seen a lot of the top shooters do in the U.S. at least is when they're not happy with their finish, where most people would take a break after nationals for two weeks or something like that, they go to the range. They saw somebody else do something that challenged them and they want to figure it out. So going to the range makes them feel like they're doing something about it, which they are. Um, another thing they can do is go to the gym. When you go to the gym, it also gives you that sense of I'm doing something about this. Plus you get that endorphin rush kicking in. And you, if you're making yourself stronger, you're going to be a better competitor. If you're in better shape, you're going to last, you're going to have the endurance for a three-day match. Look at what you did well so that you can do it again. So when you go back and do your video reviews, if you're in a funk, don't go through them looking for everything you messed up initially. Go through them and look at what did I do well? How can I make that happen again? Yeah, I, I noticed, I don't know. I feel like I do, like I'm always looking for the things I messed up. But in there, when you watch a video, I, I always... So I, when I get my stage videos, I'll watch them 50 times because like there's things that you, you won't catch until you see it the 30th time. Like, oh, look at my foot position here. Like I didn't even see that until now. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm always looking for the bad stuff I'm doing. But in that, you do find stuff that's like, wow, I really like the way that I came around this corner. I really like the way that I did this. So like you can't you got to take the positives. But I think that you really, you know, when you analyze your stage videos, you got to you got to write down stuff that you need to work on. And that's why when Kita says they go to the range, um, that's in order to you know, they're mad at themselves that they let it, they let it happen in the first place. And so like, they're going to go work it out. So it doesn't happen again. And that's how you consistently get better. 
So yeah, I, yeah I, and then, I don't know. The good things are only so good if you win. I, I, if you're winning, then I look at all the good things that I did and I'm like, okay, look at all this. This was all good. But like, if I lost and <laughs> obviously I didn't do enough because somebody else is, somebody else had a good day and they beat me and I, you know, obviously I need to start go work on some stuff. So that's, yeah. Well, I'm all, when I'm you're looking, negative. when you're looking for the, the things you didn't like, again, you're looking for consistency. What do you see happening on every single stage or close to it that you can work on to be better and make a plan for it? You're not looking at it to bash yourself. You're looking at it to I, make I, I a plan. I flog myself. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. And that's why you also need to give yourself credit for what you did well and replicate those things. Yeah. And then acknowledging your worthy adversary is the last thing I would say. So you're not competing against a bunch of little babies with squirt guns. You are competing against reputable shooters who are competent and you need to give credit where credit's due. Somebody else had a better day than you. If you say I let myself down or I was competing against myself and failed then you're taking away from that person's win. And if you're taking away from their win, then you're saying they're not a worthy adversary for you. What do you think, Grant? No, everyone in production is pretty much, you know, they're up there. They're not going to be a walkover. Um, going to have to really work at trying to, trying to beat those guys. Um, so, yeah, I sat there just basically didn't, didn't look at everything I did wrong. I did look at the few things that I did right. Um, uh, Definitely what, I, what was on my mind was where's, where does the skill with the gun stop and my skill as a shooter start? I think where's that line there? Um, where's the familiarity with the gun that I'm lacking that cost me basically on this stage? So right. that's basically what I, was, what I was really looking for. And it, it was there, but it's not as big as probably I thought it would be. Yeah, I don't know. I could say I could right. say like as a competitor, I it's it's always hard that first day to to give anybody credit because you always you like Grant said you like to win, right? But like you know, as as you as you get over the fact that you didn't perform the way you wanted to, it's not, and it's all your fault, right? You can't you can't take away from the guy that actually did win and prepared and got there. And yeah, so, no, the guy the guy that won Shane. So I've I've won a nationals. I won standard nationals. The guy that that won has been shooting a lot longer than me and actually never won until this time. So you know what. He deserved this win, and I'm, I I want everyone to well, feel that feeling. How do you he think? Finally, win. How do you think national. he felt? How do you think he felt since he was shooting that gun all the time, and you won production nationals? How do you think he felt when you won? Do you think he was like, "Who the hell is this kid?" Or like, "What? Like, how did how does he beat me?" Or like, you know, do you, or do you think that he was like, "This kid's a no, great I shooter." No, he, he, he was always in production though. All right, but like, do you think he you're like he deserved it, or you know, do you think other? No, people he did. He did. worked. He worked damn hard at it. So some of the two-day matches, he was practicing the day before at on the range and then shooting, shooting the match on the on the Sunday. So he worked hard at it, and he deserved it. He really did. I would have liked to come second right? by well, 99% of him. <laughs> well, because just, to me, to me, you don't get lucky over an 18-stage match. You don't get lucky 18 stages in a row. So, like, the guy's got to be doing something right, or the girl has to be doing something right, right? So, like, it's not, it's not something that that you did terrible and that's the only reason that they won. I mean, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta kind of have a little bit of accountability there and say, okay, maybe I'm not as great as I thought I was. And I need to start working on some stuff here. Um, and may, and just, just make it put, you know, help it to push you along further. Um, and that's how the entire game keeps going up and up and up and up. Right. I mean, like, you know, like I'm, I'm now pushing for a couple of PCC guys that are around me that are, 
that are, have been faster than me at the last couple of matches or have shot better than me at the last couple of matches. And that's, what's going to, you know, I feel like break me out of where I'm at and, and get me to the next plateau. Um, so as far as unfunking myself from that, I, I look at it as a, a, a learning opportunity or, you know, to see what I need to do to get better, you know? So like you I'm, need to fail to succeed. Right. And it's right. not, it's not always going to be a bed of roses. It's going to be challenging. And if it wasn't, why would we do it? Right. Exactly. It'd be boring. Yeah, it wouldn't be that fun if it was very easy. Then right. something's wrong. If you if you walk into a match not shot, shooting a gun and you win it by ten percent, then there's something wrong with your competitors. You you need to you need to move or something to to Maybe. get a better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you got like Leah Grant. I mean, Leah Grantis is a really really good shooter. I'm sure, I wonder what he feels every time he goes in and dominates a match. Like, I I don't know if he's I don't I can't imagine that's boring. It's got to be really awesome to go to every match you go to and just dominate. You know, <laughs> like, like I feel like that's probably a great feeling. But if you dominate for him, every like, single match, doesn't it? If you eventually do lose, someone eventually beats you, maybe the loss would be more devastating. No, absolutely and, not. I feel like if you're used to winning be. and then you lose, it's going to be devastating in a way that's like, I'll never let that happen again. And then it's going to push you to get better. Because like, if you're so used to winning and then all of a sudden all, out of the blue, you're losing now. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is going on? I'm not, <laughs> I would never be like, oh man, now all of a sudden I'm losing. Let me switch divisions. I'm just like, why am I not on top still? That would be, that would be the thing I'm asking myself, you know? Well, another thing with giving credit where credit is due is, you know, when something goes sideways during your match and someone comes up to you and you got fifth place where you won a, a different year, they come up to you and they say, hey, what happened? Most guys will not say anything. Have you seen this happen? I do this, you know, some people ask me, like, oh, what happened at that match? Like, oh, I, just, I don't really have any excuses other than the fact that I just wasn't prepared enough. So I, there's nobody to blame but yourself, you know? So, I mean, it's not. The problem know. is if you say, oh, I got shot in the ankle, then that takes away from the person who won. <laughs> <laughs> That was legitimate, though. That was definitely not. That's, you know. That was that. I mean, you, you, it, it tore muscle. Okay. Right. I mean, look, if you roll, if you roll your ankle or you break your ankle or something in the middle of a match, I mean, yeah, that that's a legitimate excuse. I mean, uh, I, at that, I feel like you need to complete a match, or you know, like if you get DQ'd, I'd say that you're still in it. But like, as long as something like that doesn't happen, where you're 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 getting physically hurt, you know, like then there's no excuse. Like to me though, Kita, at that, with your scenario, with your ankle, like, I mean, if, if you get seriously injured and you were having a, and you were crushing a match, like, you know, I, that is as a competitor, that's always going to leave you wondering like, well, what if I didn't get hurt? And I don't know if there's any way that you can ever get over that. But I mean, if you finish an 18 stage match and you got no injuries and you just didn't do well, I mean, there's nothing to, there's, there's really no excuses. It's just, you got to really, or even if you had something happen that you could, that was outside your control. You don't Meaning? say that because Meaning that what? takes away from the person who mitigated that risk in like some a, way. Like a hurricane on the day you shot and they shot in sunny weather, like that kind of thing? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be a good example. I mean, everyone's yeah. going to know it, but <laughs> you're not going to make excuses and take right. away from their win. Right. Or equipment, like catastrophic equipment malfunctions that just happened in a match. Exactly. Because... Honestly, that is your fault for not doing your proper match prep. So then you have to take ownership of that. And maybe they did their proper equipment checks and you didn't. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's something that happened to me at nationals. I, I am definitely going to be making a pre-match check from now on. And I will be going down the list and just saying, you know, this is tight. This is this, this is this, this is this, just so. Sharpie and mark everything. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Witness just marks. So just, just so something <laughs> like that doesn't happen. And again, though, 
it has nothing to do, you know, it has like, you know, Max got a great match and, um, but I just, yeah, I, I'm mad at myself with that and I won't ever let that happen again. So that's a learning experience for me. And that's where a couple of podcasts ago, I said, when you go to majors, I feel like you always learn something, right? So like there, I, I learned a pretty big lesson that day and it's, uh, it is what it is. I'm going to do better next time, you know? And it's only going to happen in a match. I'm, I'm, my gun ran perfectly and I'm really happy with, with that because basically it was an untested gun. I had to leave it stock. I couldn't tune it with the recall spring or anything because I just didn't know if it was actually going to run reliable. So the, and then my ammo kind of power factored at 135. So it was pretty, pretty stout. Um, 135 so yeah i feel like that's right where you want to be though you don't want to be anywhere near that 125 number because then no, everything is pointless if you're under 126.1 is no way no so <laughs> area eight area eight two or three years ago i chronoed at 125.1 and i went home and i clicked my dylan up because i'm like that will never happen again i was so scared he shot the first bullet was low second one was right on and it was like oh god here we go third one was just over it was like dang, huh so i just made it and that was that was freaky for me and i get i get the fact that especially you with production. So you're shooting production now, right? So like, um, yeah, it, like, I guess the, the lower, the, the power factor really makes a difference on recoil. But if you're shooting a gun with a break on it, like a, like a PCC or you got an open gun that has a compensator, you know, I, I feel like it's probably not going to make that much of a difference. Yeah. No. And you don't, and you don't want to drive, you know, 10 hours to a match and then your, your ammo doesn't make power factor and then you're shooting for no score. So yeah. I feel like don't cut it that close, you know, and if you're chrono, yeah, no, and then, I'd like, but I, I didn't have a lot of time to 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 test any other stuff, so I kind of just winged it and just happened to come out on the on the higher end of everything. So I'm happy about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely I want to try a heavier bullet and all of that and tune the gun and that. So now I have time to do that. Um, I think 147s is the way to go with with this gun. So yeah, but now that that yeah that that's gonna be that's gonna be the the plan the plan going forward. Yeah. So did you guys make plans? What plans did you make to move forward from here? I I am going to be like, I just, I'm going to be making a pre-match checklist just so I can make sure that I go through everything because, you know, when I going into nationals, there was, I was so hyped up on everything going on. I didn't really think about some things. And so like, you know, during the, the calm period now when the match is over and all that sort of stuff, I'm going to make up a, a, a rational list of stuff that I need to do. Um, before a match just to check over to make sure that everything is going to be where it needs to be for for match day and then um, so now then it'll take I feel like that'll take a lot of pressure off my head going into the next match like I, I'm not going to be worried about if anything like that is loose or anything so um, yeah I, I, that's that's the one thing that I learned there yeah and that'll Tune give you gun. peace of mind yeah how about you yeah. Grant? Tune the gun Tune the gun get it get it running you know nice and smooth like butter um and then i'm going to everyone's going to ask i'm going to go to matches and if i don't see a lot of mics i'm not shooting the match how i want to shoot it i want to fall off the wagon a little bit go to that far end and see where the where the end game lies so so i can kind of find the other side of that that coin of you know there's too many alphas or there's too many mics let's go find the middle thing but i need to find the, the too many mic side so yeah, that's 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 the plan going forward, and that's also my plan in practice. And then, so I got five weeks. So the net, and two weeks before the match, dial it back down and see if I can find that that sweet spot of just right in the line. Yeah, um, it is also another kind of <laughs> constrained because now I say it's like five weeks. It's actually pretty constrained uh, timeline because most guys are in match mode for the whole month up into a, a major match. Yeah. I, I don't have that luxury, so it's going to have to be two weeks, and I'm going to go to the match, and I'm going to 
if you do well. Well, when's your next major, Grant? Set my goals higher. When's your next it's, major it's, match? It's it's nationals and gun and gun nationals. When is that? Uh, December fourth. December fourth. Okay, so you're not too far away. So I actually just yeah. signed up for a major down in Florida, uh, the Florida State Championships, uh, uh, and that is in January. So, you know, over the next couple of months, I'm going to be trying to get my stuff together and keep shooting my gun and keep try- just trying to generally improve. I mean, even the stuff that you're good at, you know, you can always get better at the stuff that you're good at. So, you know, kind of like yeah, but I don't, I don't want to waste too much time and ammo on the stuff that I'm good at because then, yeah, you know, I want to, I want to find valid. the stuff that I'm not good at and train that. That's valid. But if you had unlimited ammo, you know, you'd practice everything still, right? So, I mean, yeah, you really want to focus on the stuff you're bad you saw, at. You don't have unlimited time, though. That's the thing. You can have unlimited ammo. You don't have unlimited time. So That's true. So, I think Maybe, Matt, it, you need to, for Grant. You need the opposite of what I'm doing. You need to find the too many alphas line, maybe. <laughs> yeah yeah you know i was thinking about that honestly i was thinking about like let me see if i can go to a match and and try to just shoot all alphas regardless of how long it's going to take me to do it i can't maybe maybe yeah that maybe that's because you're that excited about the new technique yeah yeah <laughs> i, I really i really am I, I honestly like the problem with that new technique is it's for staying accurate at speed so like now i'm not going to be slowing down trying to shoot alphas i'm going <laughs> to be trying to hammer <laughs> hammer the trigger to see if the dot stays planted you know <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to using that, but yeah, I just I'm gonna, you know, everything I can do over the next couple of months before my next major in order to to just raise my entire game, you know, wherever I think I'm a little weak, like I think I'm a little weak on my left side, on my on my weak side shoulder, so I'm gonna try to practice that. Because your shoulder up. is a mess. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you saw that your RN. So, um, <laughs> but you know, like uh, just just I feel like I could be faster there, and and I'm gonna I definitely want to work. I would definitely want to work on my left shoulder technique a little bit more. So. Um, so they can, you know, all the MDs out there that are trying to get PCCs with some left hard left leans, you know, I'm going to try to just throw those right in their face with some good left shoulder shots. So, <laughs> so what advice would you guys give to anyone who shot a match and feels like they legitimately failed themselves, that they're questioning their abilities, they're thinking about quitting? What would you tell that person? I mean, I, so I don't, before I tell you what I would tell that person, I've actually, so this is where you just got to be a nice person because you never know where somebody's in their their headspace. So uh, there was this one guy that we were shooting with. I'm not going to name names, but um, he, I I just went up to him and he, he was shooting a match and I'm like, dude, you're doing really great. Like, you know, like the last time I saw you shoot, you're doing much better today than you were yesterday. And he came up to me after the match and he's like, you know, like before you said that, like, he's like, I was, he's like, I've been really down on myself lately on all these matches. And I've been, I've been, you know, thinking about quitting and, and you said that, and it kind of like gave me a little bit of fire again to, to keep it, you know, keep myself up and keep myself in the game. Um, but I mean, like anybody generally that is really, really down on themselves, again, it's just, it's just a one day match. And, and, you know, people get too into their ego about, about, oh my God, everybody's going to look at me differently because of where I finished in this match. And it's only one day. I mean, everybody has an off day. Just, you might've woken up on the wrong side. Your, me- your neck might hurt. So, like, I mean, you never know. So like, it, it doesn't mean because you had one bad match that, that life is over and there's always going to be another match. That's the best part about this game, right? And there's always another chance to prove yourself. And so like, you got to kind of just keep your head up and keep pressing forward and and just be honest with yourself about what you're not doing right and, and see if you can work on it. And if, you know, and if you're not going to put the, and what I would tell people is if you're not going to go work on the stuff you're bad at, then you can't expect to get better. So then you should stop holding yourself to such a high standard. But if you truly want to compete in this game and you want to get better, then you need to kind of analyze what you're doing and just, just say it is what it is. And it's part of the learning process. And you're going to come out at the next one and you're going to do much better at whatever you did bad at at this match. So that's the advice I would give. Yeah, unfortunately, it's the case of you. You're going to learn more from your failures than your successes. 
So yeah. it's good. It's good to fail. It fell upwards. Kita says that. I'm so I'm stealing that from her. Um, so I heard it somewhere. I don't remember where. <laughs> don't 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 drive headfirst into the truck on the way home because it's just one match. You, as long as everyone doesn't lambaste you and think that you're supposed to dominate every match, which I don't think anyone would. Except the, the few in the country, you know, the few in this country that probably feel that way. But yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, gonna, just, you're definitely going to fail more than you don't, than you win. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Just keep it up. Keep, keep working at it and find out what you, what you're bad at and get back to the range. There's no, yeah, I think it, I wrote an article for on, what was it? On target magazine in South Africa. Yeah. I wrote an article that said, uh, don't quit, take a break. So if you're feeling like it's just too overwhelming, one loss after another, after another, and why am I even doing this? Take a break. Just put the gun away, give yourself two weeks, go do something not shooting related. And when you start feeling that feeling of, I kind of want to pick up my gun again, then go and do it. Otherwise you're just self-defeating. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess I, yeah, that goes, that goes back to where the, the, the <laughs> yeah, exactly. That goes back to where the pros are going to the range after a bad match and you're going to go, like I would go play golf or something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. If you, if you're at the point where you're feeling like, you know, you're traveling around you're spending all this money and you're not getting the results that you want to, to finish the way you want. And it's, you feel like it's not fun to you anymore Then maybe, yeah, maybe I guess right. maybe you need a, an extended break, not just a two week break, but maybe like take a year off, you know, and come back to it. Because yeah. if, you, if you if you if you're truly hating your life, I mean, the entire point we all got into this game is that it's super fun and you should be exactly. out there enjoying yourself. So if you're not enjoying yourself anymore and you've lost the the, the sense of direction of this is supposed to be fun, then, then exactly maybe, maybe I, I think it's also a case of how you feel. If you feel like absolutely defeated and you can't think of anything else, then okay, I'll take a break. But this is Litton that's such a fire under me that I actually, I want to be on the range almost every day. Well, honestly, you know, another, you know, another thing that keeps me coming back to, to matches, even if I'm not doing well, it's, it's all the people. Like I love seeing everybody from all over the place. So like, you know, even if I'm not shooting well, like I get to go see my buddies from Ohio, my buddies from over here, my buddies from over here. Like, it, you know, I'm, it's, it's, you know, if, if you're so into yourself about your match score and all that kind of stuff, I think you're missing the point of it. You know, I mean, it's, it is, it is a game. There's, there's only a, a, a number of people that you can probably count on two hands that, that get paid to do this, right? We all don't get paid to do this. It's supposed to be fun. So yeah, if you're not having fun anymore, then uh, maybe you need to reanalyze the way you're looking at it and, or take a break. I agree. Yeah. And it is cliche, but after you've devastated yourself, you can tell yourself it's just a game. Right. Now, I went down to nationals. It is. It's I'm just not, a I'm game. Not, I'm not happy with my performance at all at nationals, but like, I cannot wait to shoot my next major. I'm so pumped. Right. I'm, I'm shooting on Tuesday at a local. Like I can't <laughs> wait to shoot on Tuesday at a local. I don't care. Like I just love shooting, you know? So like, I, like for me, the finish is what it is and you always want to win, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's more, it's more than winning sometimes, you know? So. Yeah. It's a, it's a competition and you can't, that feeling of everyone's watching you on the last stage of the last mat or the last day of the three day match. You, you can't get that anywhere else. You just can't. Yeah. Don't care if they're watching me, you know, don't care how I'm doing. No, that, that, don't that, care. That, All that, I care is about how I feel about myself. You know, I don't care. Oh, I, no, I, that, point that, I don't care what other people think. That excitement, that, that pent up energy of shooting the last match of the last, the last day when everyone is watching you, 
you got someone recording you. You you don't. I I've, I've never experienced that. I've been to the World Kendo Cup and that. I've never experienced it elsewhere. So this is definitely unique. That's why I like shooting though, because when you're when you're about to shoot a stage, if you're if you got a million people behind you watching you, you're only facing you and the target facing forward. So like once you lock into that make ready, you should not. Everything else should just be cleared out. It's any other stage you've ever shot in your life, right? So like I, I can't see those people behind me when I'm running around. They don't bother <laughs> me at all. Yeah, like I, I to me, I, I'm that's very easy for me to block out. Like if there's anybody like, oh hey y'all, we'll, we'll watch you shoot the stage, like whatever. Because like once the guy says make ready, I'm facing that way. I can't see any of you. So like I just kind of you know just kind of do my thing. So yeah, you shouldn't be nervous about that either. Um, you know, and the only reason people are watching you is because you're doing something right. So if you're having a bad match and, and people over there are still watching what you're doing, I mean, you sh that should give you a little bit of self-confidence to say like, obviously I'm doing something right. People are over here trying to video me about what I'm doing and I might not be having a great day, but it's, uh, you know, overall, like my shooting ability is still pretty high. So, uh, you know, even though this match doesn't necessarily dictate that I'm not, you know, and I'm over it, I'm ready to shoot the next one, you know, even if you win okay. a match. Yeah. If any of our listeners have had a tough pill to swallow, you can always email me to 180firearmstraining at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much. This was a great show. I think it's going to help a lot of people get through this, knowing that they're not the only ones going through this. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. It was nice talking to you guys, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, thanks, guys. Like thanks and subscribe. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Bye.